Welcome to Thistle Glen, the Shauna Burns podcast. Hi everyone. I am so excited <laughs> because I, as you know, am, am completely obsessed with music. And joining me in one second here at Thistle Glen is Brian Hazard of Color Theory. And those of you who don't know of Color Theory, it is ugh, the best music ever. Brian is amazing. He's multi-talented and a great musician, great pianist, and ugh, you're just going to love it. If you love Depeche Mode and Bjork and Imogen Heap and electronic music and piano, you will just love it as I love it. I just know you guys will. But before that, I just wanted to touch on some news things really quick. Um, Top 2008. So we had quite a few really fun and unexpected um, top best 2008 lists come out that the Moon and the Fire Circle was a part of, which is really very humbling and... Oh, I'm so grateful. One of them, Collected Sounds, Amy from Collected Sounds, who is always so kind to the music, put The Moon in the Fire Circle on her best 2008, which, oh, thank you, Amy. Actually, Collected Sounds um, honored every thought with the best of 2005, so it was really, really sweet that she included Moon and Fire for 2008, which is really, really special, so thank you, Amy. Also, WCH Radio had Around You in its top 50 songs for 2008. It was at number 23, which is very cool. And Radio Crystal Blue had me at um in the top recording artists of 2008 which was very 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 cool and the promise live which reviews music it's a very very neat um site that does that also put the moon in the fire circle and let me see let me see let me see um there was a couple other little things i compiled in the press section all of the best 2008 like um around you was number one on the song vault and of course number um around you was number seven at the fmqb adult contemporary chart which is sort of kind of a big thing in radio land so that was of course a really fun awesome thing that happened this year um along with of course from last time I had to put Paul, MySpace Paul, who is like the music connoisseur of MySpace, um, added, added. I think Moon and Fire, was it? Yeah, to the, to the list. Or best song. No, it was Around You. That's what it was. Yeah. So, anyway, so go to theshawnaburns.com. Go check out the press section. It's totally, totally redone. Everything is in their right place, and you can listen to the interviews and read the articles right there on the page so all the links are working now sorry some of the links expired and I didn't catch them but they're all working out okay and lastly before we get to Brian um Anamnesis which is the new EP it is going to be released in early April 
And I did an interview with Tamara at Spiral Studios, and this is where I record all of the work. And she has pictures there, but the link is on the news section. And it was a really, really nice conversation. We talked about, you know, what the album is about, um, the songs that are going to be on it, and sort of the recording process and what kind of goes on. And it's really, really nice. And yeah, so you can check it out. And next, this will go, and I'll be talking a lot more about the about the new work. So anyway, okay. So now I'd like to introduce Brian, who is Color Theory, and I, I just highly recommend everyone go right now to ColorTheory.com. You need to check out his music. You need to go to iTunes and buy his music because it is absolutely inspired. When I heard it, I immediately fell in love and... I just, when you find an artist that you connect with, you just want to tell the world and um, that's why, (laughs) that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) So anyway, let's get to it. So let's welcome Brian to Thistle Glen. So I seriously, I'm going to forget if I don't ask you this, because seriously, okay, so you Here's the stupid question. Did I friend you or did you friend me on MySpace? I think I friended you. Okay. Because sometimes I'll friend people and I just didn't know I did that. Wink, wink. And, um, (laughs) and, um, but honestly, when you, when you messaged me and I went to your site, because of course, you know, you talked about, um, Depeche Mode which, of course, we're going to talk about later in detail. Um, And I went to your site, and I saw that little blurb that you said about how you felt color theory or your music was kind of sounds like Alan from Depeche Mode if he focused more on the piano than um, his percussion and if he was still in the band. And right then I thought, oh, crap, I'm in it. Uh, I'm gone. The end. It's over. And it's so true. It's well, so true. I, I just kind of thought of that off, you know, spur of the moment. That's that's good that that resonated with you. Yeah, and it and so much so, I literally called one of my best friends who is completely completely obsessed with Special as well, and I said, "Okay, this is the quote, and that this just explains it all." And my my friend Tiffany just fainted dead right there. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But um, I wanted to talk to you because I know... Do you like Imogen Heap? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Because... And Fruit Fruit before that, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Because I am totally obsessed and I love her too. And she... And that's actually... I mean, Depeche Mode, yes, was there in the mix. But reading more about your music, it pulled me more towards her because of the whole you write, produce, mix, master, do it all yourself, kind of what she does. Right. I mean, I, don't, I doubt she masters her own stuff. I don't think so. But, no. But, um, but the whole, you know, one artist thing, and I, I really like that 
and because it feels complete. I think the music feels that way. Well, it's all, it's all because of the technology, you know, to be able to, to do it all. And like, if you see my studio now, I mean, there's no stuff, you know, it's a mastering desk with uh, an 88 key controller and everything's inside the computer. So it's just, you know, the technology has come so far to be able to do it all by myself. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, I don't want to, you know, uh, I think Emojin does some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, she plays strings too, right? And so she she brings a lot more to it too. Some acoustic instruments and yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Pretty I think incredible. a lot of her strings are sampled though. Are they? Okay, I, I thought figured, so. I don't. Know. I could be wrong on that. I don't think so. I think okay. on through, um, at least they're they're real, and so that's. Okay. You know, I, I really like um, you know Guy Sixworth, the producer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Have you heard um, Alanis Morissette's latest album? Because he produced that. Okay. No, I haven't heard it yet. You, you might check it out. So, I don't know if you like Alanis Morissette. To me, she's a little bit annoying. Just some, right. some ticks in her voice and, and just the, the like, too much information, like, lyrics kind of stuff. Like, it's just a little too confessional, but... Right, right. It, it's totally frou-frou with Alanis Morissette as the singer. Nice. I mean, you'll totally hear in another band called Tempo Shark, which I still have to get the album, but I heard the snippets. Same thing. So, like, Guy Sigsworth is so responsible for that sound. So that's that's what makes um, Emotion Heat's, like, you know, um, album Speak for Yourself so impressive is that, you know, uh, you can hear, obviously, what Guy did, and for her to do all that stuff herself is just... And she's, she's so young, too. I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how they do some of the stuff, and you know that's that's music that I feel like I need to study and that I can learn a lot from. Oh, absolutely! Well, you're there. Well, <laughs> Brian, you're there. Well, thank you. That's <laughs> very kind of you. But I, to integrate those acoustic things, that's you know that would be kind of another yeah. dimension for me. But I, I don't feel like I necessarily need to do it. Like I just I kind of like just electronics too. It's just right for me. So. Well, I know because we. Um, spoke in our email really briefly about the difference between piano because you love piano I love piano I'm completely obsessed with piano and the difference between like sampled piano and real piano and um I know I told you this before that I originally wanted to do all my albums at home James and I just wanted to you know just do everything really homegrown and I had some equipment and all the recordings which I gave to like friends and stuff were just such crap. I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, not nearly the level that it needed to be. And so we just gave in and went to the studio, which all turned out really, really well because we have a good relationship. But um, but I, I sort of love the combination of that electronic with the real. And I, I had this dream that I wanted to be in Depeche Mode too. And um, see, all the conversations always go back to Depeche Mode, I swear. But what are you gonna do? I know. What can you do? And I love sort of integrating the two together. And honestly, your your music, I really had to listen. And that's why I asked you, you know, about the sample versus real in the piano. But I've done it with real. Like my my third album, Perfect Tears, there was a a local church. Mm. that I went in and um, 
and just use their piano, they'd let me use it. And um, so I, I mic'd that all. And, you know, it sounds pretty good. And my, my second album was in a studio. I did the piano. And I don't like the way he cued it. It sounds really bright and like kind of a rock piano. But yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's harder. You know, it's really hard to to mix the piano with a voice or the piano with every anything because it, it takes kind of the full frequency range. It kind of hogs the whole mix. So, yeah, it's hard to carve out a space for it. You know, it's so true. And when sort of my original conception, I'm sure this happens to you, you think this is what it's going to be. And then when it gets down onto the mixing board, it's completely something different. And I've definitely had to discipline myself to make room for other instruments because I am definitely like the hog of the hog of the hog. (laughs) Like, the piano's coming through. Everyone follow my melody. And so completely, I almost look at the piano as like the whole orchestra sometimes. Well, it definitely can function that way. And, you know, I, um, I find for one thing that's at least the sample piano that I use can blend better into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of why I use it. The other reason is that people, I mean, it's still, it, it sounds better. than Like I have a 1914 Steinway O. <gasps> Oh my god. And it's rebuilt and it's a wonderful instrument. It's really I mean if I didn't buy that we probably could have bought a house like a year earlier. <laughs> no kidding. I mean it's just um Priorities, Brian, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have that on my you know, I have an all acoustic album that I have string quartet and, and bass and flute and vibraphone and all that. Um, and I, I Love play it. that piano on that album. Yeah. But um yeah, after that it's just seems a lot easier with um, with the samples and what I've been doing lately is instead of having the piano play the whole song is I'll you know I'll have a piano solo or a piano piano maybe I'll take the melody between verses or something like that because that way it, it can take center stage yeah. just for a little while and then you know but I, yeah it's yeah. kind of when you think of yourself as a pianist that's that's maybe a little difficult do you think of yourself as a pianist? I sort of think you do, yeah? Well, I mean, I have, that's my degree. I, I have, um, I got a Bachelor of Music in Piano Performance, so that's what I went to school for. I basically trained to be a concert pianist, which is so yeah. useful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I do think of myself as a pianist, yeah. first and foremost, and not as much a, a singer, you know, but I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I guess now we're all just like, computer operators, but... I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a concert pianist slash computer operator. Yeah, computer technician, so... Okay, here's my real professional interview question. Okay, good. Like, what is your musical journey, would you say? Kind of... Either philosophy or on the, you know, surface. What do you, what do you think? your purpose is that's tough so this is this is more like an existential kind of question it's very artsy (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh i don't i don't know i just um you you kind of mean like my like a mission statement or something and i usually don't think that (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that broad of terms you know i just um I will say with my music, this, this maybe doesn't answer your question exactly, but I'm always kind of struggling to figure out what role it should take in my life. I mean, should it be, mm. you know, like if somebody asks, what do you do? 
my, yeah. I, I, or, or let's say my tax returns, right? I'm, <laughs> I, my occupation, I put recording engineer. So right. I don't, I don't really think of myself as a recording artist first and foremost. Um, and I, and I guess I don't feel like I have some grand message that I'm trying to maybe persuade people to see my viewpoint or anything like that. Um, but part of that is just practicality of being a recording artist and still needing to, you know, feed the kids and stuff. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I completely get it because sometimes I think all, all musicians, because I would say, like, if someone asked me, like, what is Brian, I would say, musician. Yeah. And, and then here's, you know, how, how we feed ourselves. And I, th- I think that one thing about your music, um, which I want to talk about the, the thought chapter, is it's so easy to place yourself in it. And I think maybe that you don't have this alternate, you know, this agenda maybe with yeah. your music, not to, per se, like outwardly, that it's really easy for people to put themselves in it. I think that can be a good thing, because sometimes that an artist that has all these alternative, like you know, everything's about politics or everything's about that. Right. It's like uh, politics are the worst. Oh my god. Because yeah, like a year later, like is that song relevant? I know. I know. We all can't be John Lennon. Yeah. Or do you remember Midnight Oil? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean like that. Like I never got into that. And, yeah. that's, and that's why, like I mentioned Alanis Morissette, I guess that's, I mean, I have to respect her talent. And, you know, and I listened to that first album crazy amount of times. I guess it wasn't really her first, but you know what I mean. The one that we all listen to, but... I the Jag Little Pill thing. Yeah, I, I just feel like I can't relate because I don't want to, I can't, yeah, put myself in her shoes with her life. And, like, there's this, like, you'll see if you get this new album. Mm-hmm. There's a song about, like, she... It's kind of, she has a lot of these laundry list songs where, you know what I mean? Where it's like, it's just a list of stuff. Um, so this, this one song is about how she misses, like, miss this, miss your laying in bed, miss your face, miss your this. And she says, and the way you loved my dogs. Okay. Like, I just, I can't go that, you know what I mean? It's, if she's like, kind of take my hand on this journey and together we'll explore these emotions and stuff like that's the point where I'm just like you know what you're on your own <laughs> I don't want to hold your hand I'm now sorry, I can't relate to this guy loving the, my dogs it's just too you know what I mean so well, yeah know, I, I guess I don't want to get so yeah. specific that yeah. it, um, that people need to maybe know my life story to understand the music well I think if you leave the breadcrumbs and it's a little bit elusive they're gonna want to explore more because if you lay everything out on the table then it's well what am I searching for it's like a scavenger hunt for me and that's why I'm just I really get excited especially independent artists because I feel you know at times it can be um, more like a puzzle piece and you're trying to find out you know, everything is laid out on the table via mass marketing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's a little bit, you know, it makes you want more. Yeah, so do you, do you feel like you're 
feel like, if you don't mind me turning the table, no, to please. The interview, that your your songs are more autobiographical, like, but maybe, mm. you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Um, sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um. Like, well, because a lot of times there are songs about people I know, and they okay. don't, and they don't know the songs about them. <laughs> right? Yeah, and you don't want to say, and I have something like that too. But yeah, but my feeling is this: like, it's like fifty percent, I'd say. Yeah, and I won't even go that high for me. But my feeling is this: if I if I tell people, hey, this song is about this event in my life and how I felt about this, and I do that with every song, mm. then I, I am going. See, I'm. You maybe wouldn't think it, but I'm, I kind of feel like I'm more of a private person. Like, I don't yeah. I don't really want to, to have to explain every line of every song to people. And so so I feel like if I, if I did make music that was like, you could see the direct correlation with my life, that that would restrict my writing and make me less free to just write whatever I feel like because I'd have to explain it to everyone. And so I just... Mm-hmm. I just kind of follow where it leads me, and, and you know, emotions need to ring true, but I don't feel any responsibility whatsoever to make it, to have to explain it or to say, okay, well, here's this period and what I was going through, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. So, my... I love, okay, the thought chapter. The thought chapter, of course, your latest release. Yeah. How's that play? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my favorite songs, I just have to tell you my favorite songs. Okay, good. Of course, we're not getting any younger. That uh, That's a brilliant song. I love that. Thanks. I'm very much into the song Hypothetically. Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of people don't, don't mention that one, and that's one of my favorites. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it because I'm not sure if I've ever heard a song lyrically like that before. You know, I will say that it 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 came out kind of morbid, but still ringing true. But it started at a totally different place. Like that was one of those songs that I think maybe I had the idea from or the melody from in a dream, and I kind of woke mm. up and I have a little tape recorder and I kind of played it into piano and sang. And it was completely different. It was like in 6-8, and it was... The, the line that I was building from was, I don't have to imagine bad things happening to you to know I love you. Yeah. So it was like called Bad Things Happening or something like that. <laughs> so it was some, more of a positive kind of upbeat way, and then it just turned around to its mirror image that I think is yeah. much more effective. Yeah, yeah. But it's just... You know what I mean? So that's where I can I can afford to just follow where my imagination leads and not feel like, oh, I can't do that because that's not exactly what happened, you know? Or, no, yeah, yeah. I like having that freedom. Yeah, I love it. And I also love um, Figured Out. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Zero Crossing. And, I mean, I love it all, but <laughs> those were like... <laughs> Well, it sounds like I've made a good track order then by putting those at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they are at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if people uh, tend to like the beginning songs more because they tend to hear more because at the beginning, or Maybe. if I made good choices by putting them at the beginning, and that's why, you know. 
Well, figured out because that's the first one. Yeah, I don't have yeah. it in front of me. Figured out is the, is a really good first song because you're figuring out this music. You're figuring oh. out the songs, and it's sort of like you're thinking, you're saying, "Come and figure this out." <laughs> and well, that one, you know, I wanted to put it first because I didn't want. I wanted it out, uh, one of the songs that kind of can grow on you first, that has, you know, that builds and changes and more of an album track than a single track because, you know, I just don't like putting the hit single thing first. And I, I didn't realize it was as accessible as maybe it is, but I put that. Are you familiar with the 61? Did we talk about that? The website? Oh, is that, did you email me about that? I might have, um... Yeah, 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 you did. Okay, well, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a great site. Everybody is so supportive. And um, you definitely want to get your music on there if you haven't already. Um, that mm. song, I put that up maybe a couple weeks ago, and it's already kind of overtaken We're Not Getting Any Younger, which was very well received. So it seems, at least from this group of people, seems to be the favorite. Okay, I would definitely do that. And, and of course, they don't know. They just hear they've only been exposed to five songs, so they don't know the track order or the album or anything like that they just yeah oh and last about this the thought chapter not last but <laughs> also it's um if it's my time to go yeah that is a really sweet song i love it oh thanks you know that was that was done as a collaboration actually um oh. but you wouldn't know it because it doesn't say that anywhere on the album um i was doing i i've had a few kind of collaboration offers outstanding over the years and they kind of never get off the ground just because you know everybody's too busy but this was with a friend of mine Cesar Fallori who is in a band called Wideband Network and he's also in a band with Paul Sebastian who was of a band called Psychosonic that you may or may not have heard of in the 90s anyway that that band is basic pleasure model so I I've mastered a lot of his stuff we were going to do a project together and so he was going to be like the music guy and I was going to be like the singing lyric writing guy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do any production. Um, so I just kind of made the chord progression, the melody at the piano, sent that to him. He came up with um, kind of a basic mix of, of what he had and it was really dark. And I wrote the lyrics and sang to that and then we created the original. And then after a few months it became clear that, you know, he was too busy. He was... He works for Microsoft. He's like out of the country all the time. And so it wasn't like we were going to put out an album or something this year. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him if it would be cool if I made my own arrangement of the song. And so that's the one you hear on the album. But so it's actually not, so my version is almost like a remix. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, but the one, the original is going to be, I'm doing a follow-up EP that has the songs that didn't get on the album. <gasps> and it's going to have that one. Too, the original. No. I love follow-up EPs. I'm doing my second follow-up EP right now. <laughs> Yay! Well, this is my first time doing one. <gasps> I really, you know, and it's the same exact reason why, because um, my last album, Moon and Fire, um, there was a whole bunch of songs that sort of were the same story arc, and um, it happened with Every Thought, my debut album, and so... It's sort of a nice little trinket, a nice little extra. Oh, I will be looking for that. Okay, let's talk. Because we haven't talked about Depeche Mode at all during during this. 
Okay, Depeche Mode. Tell me your... So, you've always loved Depeche Mode because, um, as we joked before, I'm sure a lot of people say, oh, you remind me a lot of Depeche Mode. Like, um, people always say, oh, you remind me a lot of Tori. Yeah. And, um, we hope that it's just because they don't have yeah. a broader frame of reference. Yeah, we, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, now that I'm sort of immersed in your music, it does have, um, you know, elements of Depeche Mode, but... Like I said, I'm I'm definitely hearing a lot of there's something else and it's uncategorized and it sort of reminds me of Imogen. It sort of reminds me of Bjork. Okay, it, well good. I, I would yeah. rather be compared to you know something more recent. <laughs> yeah, and so how did um, your album Color Theory presents Depeche Mode, which is an awesome title. I really like that presents Depeche Mode. Um, Got reviewed, did you say, by DepecheMode.com? Yeah, is... but it's not what you're thinking. It's okay, Depeche, like what do you mean? Did you see the URL? Depeche-Mode, which is like the um... big, in the UK, it's like a really big fan site. Cool. It was like the number, back back when this came out, it was like the number two Google result for Depeche-Mode. Okay, so it's got, got a it. huge community, but it's not the official, it's not like Martin and Dave, like, all right, you have my approval. Uh, right, 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 right. Oh, I did, you know, and I didn't notice that, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah, so it's, um, I was actually very lucky to even have them um, check it out because I have found that, you know, people that are kind of casual with the Mode fans that are really love the band but don't maybe have every demo and every single, like, kind of on the wall framed, like, those people are really into my music, but the people that are way, way, way into it, maybe I get, I don't, mixed reactions from. It feels like, and I could could be misreading this, but, like, they are so protective of right. Esh Mode yeah. that they don't, you know, that somebody else coming in here and doing covers, like, that's not the Pesh Mode, that's not what they want. Like, like I'm capitalizing... Trying to take advantage of Depeche Mode for their success. Right. And just kind of stealing their spotlight or something. So that's a feeling that I get from a lot of, you know, the really serious um, collectors and fans that, that really kind of define themselves by Depeche Mode. And there are lots of them. The same, Brian, literally the same thing um, happened when I released Every Thought. Um, my debut album... I mean, knock on wood, I didn't have any, you know, haters <laughs> say, you're trying to copy Tori. But um, it was the same thing. The real diehard Tory people um, were, were a little more, um, like the hair would stand up probably on the back of their neck or something yeah. in not a good way. But then the more sort of relaxed fan sort of got like, oh... A, you know, piano, I get it. You remember when um, <laughs> Camouflage, like they had a great commandment, shows it off like, I don't know if you remember that song. Um, Camouflage had a song on the radio, Cause and Effect had songs on the oh, radio. Cause and Effect, yes, I got that album. Yeah, oh, the first one, or Trip, or they have, they have a new one in a book. Rob Rowe is, is a really cool guy, and there's, he's still doing music. As a matter of fact, 
when I came out with my second Color Theory album, um, I was interviewed. There was kind of an Orange County electronic music scene, if you can imagine that. And I played, we had this big party at, um, at a house, and I played right before Cause and Effect, and we just all, we all sat around and we sang. I don't know if you know the song Alone, Off Trip, but he sang that, and then we all kind of sang along at the end, like he was just playing guitar and singing. Like it was total goodbye moment. Oh um, my gosh. No, it was awesome. But anyway, sorry, my point That's was cool. that when when the Great Commandment came on on the radio, I felt like they're totally ripping off Depeche Mode. Like I cannot support that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and same with Cause the Fact. You know, they had uh, uh, well, like, you think you know her. That was the Cause and Effect song. Okay. And it was just yeah. total, it was so obviously derivative of Depeche Mode. Yeah. I felt, and it took me a few years to kind of feel like, you know what, I think their music is worth listening to in their own right, you know, in its own right. Mm-hmm. I can understand that protectiveness. No, yeah. yeah, I can too. I yeah, can I mean, too. It, it doesn't work to my advantage, but I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, doing a cover song, I guess you're always kind of capitalizing on the artist you're covering. I mean, that's why I put Depeche Mode in the name of the album. So that when people search on iTunes for Depeche Mode, my album comes up. Yeah. You know, if I just named it, you know, Dark Thoughts or something, like, you know, nobody would ever find it. So. Right, exactly. That would have been a really lame, (laughs) lame album maybe either way, but, yeah, so. I don't know. I do. I do yeah. relate yeah. to that. Now. Yeah. Cause and effect. I totally. I remember the first time I heard them. I was walking into a Brookstone, and on one of their little CD players, they had cause and effect playing. And I thought, this is Depeche Mode. Where, I don't know this song. Where, where, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And I made them get it out, and it was cause and effect. And I immediately. And I actually immediately went and bought the album, and I really liked it. I don't listen to it as much anymore, but I remember really liking it. It's funny because when I've heard a lot of sort of Depeche Mode covers as well, and um, quite frankly, I haven't really been into any of them. I just thought, yes, oh, that's that's cool, whatever. I just sort of am indifferent about it. But, you know, there's thousands, right? There's yeah, oh yeah. Guy on my mailing list has a website that its sole purpose is to catalog Depeche Mode covers. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's, so it's I don't know called the Depeche Mode covers catalog or something like that but yeah it's why and there's another depmode.com d-e-p-m-o-d mm-hmm. is basically a discography of all things Depeche Mode related so yeah it's yeah widespread yeah 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 but I really feel like that your covers they sort of I feel like they take the you know the essence but you put your own frequency on it if that if that even makes sense oh totally that's that's what I tried to do to make it yeah you know, because all the covers are just kind of one-offs and they don't, there's no, I don't know. Like, that's why I did the interludes on the album. Because yeah. a lot of the Mode albums have those kind of instrumental breaks and interludes. And I just mm-hmm. wanted it to really feel like another Depeche Mode album, but with my own, not like, oh my God, it's a total rip-off, it's Depeche Mode. You know, with my piano stuff and, yeah. Yeah. and my own sound to it. So I'm yeah. really happy with the way it came out. I mean. Oh, I love it. Like, I honestly, I have to thank you for putting Here Is This House because that song is and one of my best friends too. Just It's our favorite song. <laughs> Good. Well, and, yeah, and that's, and that's why I didn't, because there's so many Depeche Mode covers, I didn't do Enjoy the Silence. Or right. Music, so the ones that everybody does, mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, Here's the House is one of my favorites. And, you know, yeah, a lot of... And now, I will say that the track listing, though it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say B-sides, but more like album material rather than singles, they're not necessarily my total favorites. Like, my, my real favorites, like... Um, Sun in the Rainfall, um, You mm. Said, a lot of the ones who even lie to me, they're just, I can't envision those any other way, mm. so I didn't try those. Uh, I tried to pick ones that I really loved, but I could kind of imagine going a different direction with it. Yeah. Like Sister of Night, you know, like that's, I don't know, I guess the story is that Dave was still really drugged out when he recorded the vocals for it and the band he wasn't happy with the performance but the band kept it there even after he went clean to kind of remind him of where he was going and why it was so important that he you know come clean i just thought like that would yeah. be a good one to kind of reinvent and i don't know yeah. there's reasons behind all of them but basically it's, it's either because i thought that another direction would be good or maybe that it just the song didn't live up to its full potential yeah yeah, like in the um, two that stick out that I almost think, don't tell Martin this, I almost think I like your version better, is the um, I Am You off of Exciter. Because of Exciter, I think sometimes sort of, sort of gets overlooked. It's such a great album, and and that song, I, I, I really like your version of that. Oh, thanks. Really? Yeah, that's that's definitely an overlooked song on an overlooked album. Yeah, I really think so. Yeah, I mean, but it is. Yeah, it is a good song. So, and I wanted to do something from from that album, and and the other one that I liked, I like "Breathe." You know, the one that Martin. Oh yeah. One of the two that Martin sings. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little too. It's just it's too Martin for me to even try like it's it would be weird with dave singing it i think even so i i didn't want to go mm-hmm. that far in this territory but yeah i think i am you yeah. works. i just think the vocals and the harmonies are just really i mean they're yeah, just i did perfect. the vocoder on that and i have a remix of it where it's all like sounds like an 8-bit video game <laughs> called the called the game boy mix i don't know if you i don't know whatever i can <laughs> i see a link you could get the remixes if you care about that but that's um I kind of did that one another way, too. So. Very cool. I know on, yeah, Reverb Nation, you have some remixes, too. Yeah, those there, are, yeah? right, from the new album, and oh, those yeah, from... will be on the EP. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. What's the EP going to, do you know what it's going to be called? Yeah, Second Thoughts. I swear, okay, Brian, our, our brains must be connected, because my debut album was called Every Thought. And, and you know you have the thought chapter and I came this close in the EP follow-up I ultimately ended up naming it Desert Tune but I was gonna call it Afterthought oh okay well that makes sense <laughs> but it, the songs weren't an Afterthought so I thought oh that's gonna be silly but that's so similar yeah yeah Second Thought EP it just makes sense because it's I'm like kind of reconsidering the material yeah and it's not like I don't know it's not like they're crummy songs I mean some of the songs on the EP are going to be my favorite ones. Oh, that's how it's supposed to be. That's yeah, but they're favorite. the ones that, you know, like I, I, I only had eight people. I, he listened to the songs that were like the questionable ones, the ones I w- wasn't sure were going to go on the album. And some of those songs were like, some people totally loved them and some people hated them. 
and I didn't really want love them, hate them songs on the album so much. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, but, but some of them, I mean, there is one or two that I do feel like, you know, are, are kind of B-sides, but yeah. for the most part, I mean, it's just, it's just different. I guess a little more experimental, maybe, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I look forward to that. I'm just kind of waiting on one more remix from um, from my friend Keith of Fidgetal that I know will be really good, so he's worth waiting for. So I wanted to thank thank you, Brian, for talking to us at Thistle Glen. Thank you so much. I really, I love your stuff. I think it's amazing. I think it's your own special sonic tapestry, and I just think people will really enjoy it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's really fun. So if you want to find Brian and Color Theory, of course, go to colortheory.com, myspace.com, Color Theory, Facebook, Reverb Nation. He's everywhere. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's awesome. It's original. It's, it's undescribable. It's great. So thank you again, Brian, for coming to Thistle Glen. And I think it went pretty well. I think it went well. So thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Of course, you can find me at SeanBurns.com, but go to Color Theory right now. And now, of course, we're going to listen to We're Not Getting Any Younger by Color Theory.
my lifeguard tower and we're rocked to the core by the gentle thunder. Cherish it now, cause we're not getting any younger. I just thought of Harry Potter because I just watched. I just, yeah, that's where I kind of giggled because I was trying to think of why that one would have popped in your head. But I just was watching a trailer for Half Blood Prince. Didn't I already, yeah. Okay, that's the new one, or didn't I already see that one? <laughs> no, it's coming out in okay, what, July. Right. I think July in the summer. Yeah. Do you like Harry Potter? Going <laughs> 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 Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you do okay. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, you read all the books and stuff, and even, like, the last couple of, since the third movie, like, the movies have even been good. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I go into um, to my son's kindergarten class and volunteer every week. Oh. And so this morning I was volunteering, and um, I was cutting hearts out. They were, like, laminated pages full of hearts, and I was cutting them out. Yeah. Which may have symbolic meaning, I don't know, but, um, but one of the girls was saying, like, I had mentioned Star Wars to one of the kids or something, and one of the girls said, oh, my uncle did the music for that. Sh- and I'm like, yeah, your uncle's John, John Williams. Williams? She's like, yeah. Shut <laughs> it is. up. <laughs> so, she, so he did the music for... Um, Harry of, Potter. Of, of, of the, yeah, Harry the Potter. Original. Uh, yeah. At least the first one. Yeah, and yeah. The inauguration yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> trippy. <laughs> wow. So yeah, she lives in my track. I'm thoroughly impressed. Yeah, that was kind of neat. <laughs> so it, it turns out it's her great uncle. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, there was a picture of her and him, which she printed out from the computer in the classroom. Oh, no way. Yeah, she was kindergarten. So, Say, yeah, I have this thing, I have this album by Color Theory. It's a great band. You need to, like, give this to your uncle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure he takes stuff from his oh, kindergarten. I- Mm. You know? Yeah, oh, it's a credible source. Yeah, what do you call, <laughs> if it's your great uncle, what do you call niece? Like, are you like... Your great niece. I... Oh, it is, well, great, <laughs> I thought it was going up in age. So. Oh, oh. Petite niece, they're your... Petite niece. <laughs> I don't know, mini niece, yeah. Just, I'll put it in her backpack. <laughs> there you go. And then when she gets home, hey, what's this? Put it on. Yeah, next thing you 
go. Like, the next what? Harry Potter movie opens with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically or something. Our shadow in Harry Potter and Emma. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Dare to dream.